You may be seated. Grateful for Daniel, Amy, and Olivia leading us in worship. They did a wonderful job, and we're very grateful. It really wasn't a job. It was a service to our God, wasn't it? So we're so thankful. And uh, they regularly uh, lead worship over in our hub service. And just a reminder that uh, this is a special service today. We're united uh, for this service, but uh, next Sunday we will uh, go back to our format having worship service here at 1030 and also uh, in the hub. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn back to that passage that Audra uh, read so beautifully for us from Psalm 139. And if you notice in your bulletin this morning, we welcome the guest speaker, Dr. Charles Pettit. Uh, I am not him, and I apologize greatly for that, <laughs> but uh, we are looking forward to having Dr. Pettit with us again, and we'll reschedule. He's the, a good friend, wonderful servant of the Lord, uh, president of Carolina University, uh, and I am uh, really, really looking forward to the time when he can share with us. Uh, he, uh, in spite of the weather, was uh, definitely wanting and willing to come. But through uh, some prayer and uh, interaction with the elders and some things we want to communicate and pray about today in regard to our brother Doug, I thought it would be best for us uh, to gather this way. He was very understanding and, and affirming, and so I'm very grateful for that. But that is the, the change for our, our focus today. I do uh, want to read something to you. Um, I received this text this morning, praying for you all this morning. We are humbled and grateful for the church family to come around us like this it's going to be a great day. That's Pastor Doug, okay? And just like him. And he actually called me this morning about 6.25, which is not just like him. <laughs> you know him very well, that would not be like him. And I'm grateful <laughs> on a regular basis that's not like him. Uh, but he was calling me... Uh, to just uh, encourage you, encourage me, pray for us, letting us know uh, just what I've shared with you. But I thought this would be a, an, a way that we could update the church family a little bit on Doug's uh, journey. Uh, so glad that so many people are joining online. Our service this morning, after some time in the Word, is going to lead us to a prayer season that some of our elders... And others are going to lead us in that. And, um, but I wanted to bring you up to date. You know, our, our friend Doug, uh, this uh, fall, uh, struggled a little bit with what the doctors thought was bronchitis uh, for extended season. And they treated him for that. And then I thought that perhaps that had gone to uh, what would be called a, a walking pneumonia. Uh, but uh, that, in spite of therapies, uh, increased in severity. And uh, Thanksgiving weekend was a very uh, difficult weekend uh, for him uh, as uh, he and his family were uh, out of town visiting 
Chris's folks. Um, he was uh, then hospitalized about the first week of uh, December, and that's when the doctors began to think that this was actually something that had to do with his heart. Uh, he went through a number of tests for that, and of course you know, uh, made progress, uh, was able to come back and be here, <laughs> led us in an amazing uh, night of worship in uh, Christmas at West Park. Uh, one incredible uh, blessing. But he did not feel well enough to be a part of our Christmas Eve services. And again, if you uh, know Doug, that was very unusual. And it was actually the next day, which is three weeks ago today, uh, that he was admitted into uh, Park West Hospital. And uh, he has been in the hospital, uh, hospitalized ever since that uh, day, three weeks ago. Uh, he... Uh, has responded uh, to uh, some of the therapies well, uh, but there continued to be struggles of the full response that the doctors felt like was needed. So that led to a decision for him to be transferred to a Vanderbilt Medical Center uh, early last week, I think Sunday, Monday. And so uh, while I was there, uh, he, uh, again, responding very well to the therapies that were given, in particular about getting some of the fluids off of his uh, body, which is the first, first goal. And uh, he, uh, Susan and myself, visited uh, on Wednesday and Thursday of this week. Uh, his voice was strong, spirit was strong, sense of humor was strong, uh, but of course still quite ill. But he had progressed till they were able to do some more intensive uh, uh, evaluations of his heart. And uh, that led to uh, their being informed uh, just yesterday morning. And I, I use the, the direct quote, and this is from Doug, that he has been diagnosed with advanced heart failure. Uh, and um, that led to a change in the treatment plan, uh, actually a change of location within the hospital, uh, a different team of doctors. Uh, he has, again, responded well. He's resting well, very alert. Uh, and they are evaluating what should be the next steps in his therapy. But... Uh, he is now being overseen by a team at Vanderbilt that is, uh, uh, has the title of the Advanced Heart Failure Team. So his situation in that regard with his heart is, is quite serious. And uh, yet his strength in the Lord is amazing. Chris is strong. Uh, it's been hard for her, as you can imagine, as she has been with him all these days, uh, and uh, she is staying there, praying for, pray for his children. He was able to go to his son's uh, wedding, uh, Grant's wedding, just uh, four days before he went into the hospital. Grateful for that. So, and uh, so pray for his, uh, his children as well, their spouses, two of them with their spouses. So all of that has led us to 
really believe this is a time that we need to come together and really intercede as a, as a body in this way uh, for our brother Doug. Uh, there'll be a lot of evaluation tomorrow, uh, they have told him, and then some uh, decisions made going forward uh, about his care. But again, uh, strong, alert, uh, it's hard but the Lord is sustaining him and Chris, and they send their love. And I thank you so much for that, uh, for your prayers for him and for Chris. But that led me to believe, along with the elders, that we should change our focus this morning. But I think it's uh, providential. Uh, even the selection, I think you can see, of the worship songs uh, just were prepared for this time. And I felt led to share with you from Psalm 139. Psalm 139. This Sunday uh, is a Sunday uh, that we, we highlight the, the, the truth of life being sacred and equal. Today is the Sanctity of Life Sunday being recognized around the world that, that life is sacred. It's a gift from God. Tomorrow is a national holiday for Martin Luther King, and through that testimony, his testimony, and the awareness that not only is all life sacred, all life is equal, sacred and equal, and we must hold to those truths because they are God's truths, and we see that, I believe, in this psalm perhaps more than any other passage in the Word of God, that all life, all human life is sacred, all human life is equal, and as Dr. Tony Evans, teacher and pastor from Dallas, says, from the womb to the tomb, all life is sacred and equal. And so I believe the passage today, though, is one that helps us think through, even as we respond in prayer, to the situation regarding Pastor Doug, but also not just an application to where he is at this season, but also for us to see his season and our seasons in a new light. And so this morning, I want to call your attention to one statement in the heart of this psalm, and let it set up some thoughts that I'd like to share with you, leading us into our prayer focus. It's found in verse 15, Psalm 139, verse 15. Here is a statement that David makes about himself and his creation. He says, my frame, meaning my skeleton, my frame was not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret, intricately, intricately woven, this is the weaving together of the muscle tissue, sinew of the body, I was being woven together in the depths of the earth. What does that mean, the depths of the earth? It, it's a, a phrase which refers to the womb of his mother being a place of complete darkness, like the depths of the earth, but it's not a place of death. It's a place of life and creation. He says, this was happening 
in the dark. What I want us to think about this morning, this is the focus for all of us, but also I think it applies to our brother Doug in this season. But we must hear it for ourselves. A recognition of God's hands in the dark places. God's hands in the dark places. In the womb of David's mother. In the darkness there. God was building. God was weaving. God was at work in the darkest of places. You know, last night, it's amazing, the timing. Susan and I were watching a program highlighting this wonderful man, wonderful doctor from Greece, who was the one to first operate on babies in the womb. And this has defined and designed all kinds of treatments, surgeries for children before they're born. And they actually had a camera showing this doctor's techniques and with a light inserted inside of the mother's body illuminating this child being formed. And at one part last night showed a scope with a laser being entered into the mouth of the baby at 27 weeks so that a balloon could be put at the top of the diaphragm. All of that being done in a human being, a human being, not yet born, not just a mass of tissue, not just the woman's body, a new creation of God. And I was so grateful the doctor never once referred to the child as a fetus, but always as a child, a baby. In awe of God's creation. In the darkness. Personally created by God. Look what David says. Look at verse 16. You, you, your eyes saw my unformed substance. Verse 14, I praise you. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame, verse 15, was not hidden from you when I was being made. You were doing this. Every person, personally created by God. Not an, an expression of chance. Not just a, a natural, physical response of cells. But in that order, the hands of God. Personally created by God. Also precisely created by God. 
Look at Psalm 139, verse 15. Let's read on to verse 16. He talks about his skeleton, verse 15. He talks about his sinews, his muscles being woven together, verse 15. And then he says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. I want you to notice that word unformed substance, it's one word. And it's the only time the Hebrew word is ever used. And the word there means embryo. Your, your eyes saw my embryo. What is he saying? Before I had a body, you knew me and I was a person. You are not a person when you have a full body. You are a person from the moment of the miraculous work of creation through conception. That's what God is saying here. Crystal clear. He says, I was precisely, even to my embryo. What does that mean? You were precisely created by God. Your shape, your color. Your ethnicity. All of that was determined precisely by God. <laughs> All human beings are purposefully and precisely created by God. All human beings, each human being. Not just the mass of humanity, but every single human being is created precisely, purposefully, personally by God. And that means you. And my friend, when you can say, I am personally, I am precisely created by God, that deals with a whole lot of stuff that may have come down upon you. God knows you. Before anybody else knew you. Before your mother knew you. He knew you. Wow. God works in the dark places for our physical formation. But now, here is the focus as we go to prayer. Just as God's hands work in the dark places for our physical formation. God's hands work in the dark places for our spiritual formation. Notice where David goes. He goes from being an embryo, talking about himself as an embryo, then he moves to the days of his life. And what does he say? Verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed substance. You saw me when I was an embryo. And not only did you see me and know me when I was an embryo, you also knew this. In your book were written every one of them. Every one of what? Every one of the days that you formed for me. <laughs> when as yet, there was not one of them. Before I had my first day, you had formed days for me. Now here's two things that you need to take from that, my friend. 
Listen carefully. God formed us for our days. And God formed our days for us. God formed us for our days. What does that mean? You have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. God formed you for this season, this time. Your days are not by chance. They're not by mistake. God formed you for these days and he also has formed your days to form you. You see, God has a purpose for you. And I talked about it this morning when I was able to lead the equipping class in the hub this morning. God's purpose is for us to be image bearers. Conform to the image of Christ. He says, this is God's plan. I foreknew you in eternity past. I, I predestined you. I marked you out as my own. And then there came a time when I called you by my spirit. And having called you, I justified you. And now I'm sanctifying you. And I am going to glorify you. But right now, here's what I'm doing. My purpose is to conform you, to make you more and more into the perfect image bearer's likeness, Jesus Christ. God uses our days for our spiritual formation. Now listen. What kind of days does God use? Like the old song. I've heard about it. I'm too young to have actually heard it. <laughs> the days of wine and roses. Oh, that's it. It's the yellow brick road all the way. No. That's, that's, not, that's not the way that really we're generally formed. We thank God for days that are wonderful, glorious. But listen, what's God's plan? For you to have your best life now? Let me tell you what your best life now is. It's to be like Jesus. What is prosperity? You cannot get more rich than being like Jesus Christ. How did Jesus become the Savior we needed? What does the Bible say? He was a man of sorrows. And he was acquainted with grief. We want to be like Jesus. God is determined to make us like Jesus. So what kind of days has he formed for us? He's formed some days like this. Dark nights of Gethsemane. Jesus was led by the Father to Gethsemane. You know what Gethsemane means? An olive press. Where he was crushed. 
by the weight of what the next day would bring. He was afraid. He was stressed to the point where drops of blood were showing. He was crying out, is there another way? Is there another way, Father? Let there be another way. Where was Jesus' faith? Where was real faith? Here's real faith. Nevertheless, not my will, thy will be done. Don't you dare let anybody tell you that faith is telling God what to do. Faith is trusting God when you can't trace Him. And it is trusting that His hand that is heavy upon you is a nail-pierced hand. You want to be like Jesus? You're going to know the dark night of Gethsemane. You're going to be pressed. Pressed. But you'll be hard-pressed. But you'll never be forsaken. Never. The Father sent the angels. And they ministered to him. And Jesus was not alone. There were some sleepy-eyed disciples, but they were there. You want to be like Jesus? It's going to be some dark nights of Gethsemane, and it's going to be some dark days of Calvary. The crucible of suffering. The Bible says Jesus, our high priest, was made complete by the things that he what? Suffered. Who ministers best? To people who are suffering. Those who have suffered. Who comforts best? Those who have been comforted by God. Not the comfortable. The comfortable can't comfort. But those who have been in great discomfort. But have known the comfort of God. That passes all understanding. They can speak as a witness. They can bear witness They can stand with others and support. The cross is death to self. This is Jesus, Gethsemane, and Calvary. Dark night of the soul, utter dark day of the crucible of the cross. But in the will of God. And what was the outcome? <laughs> Thank God, be days like this. The glorious morning of the resurrection. The glorious morning of the resurrection. He suffered on Thursday night. And he died in agony and blood on Friday. But he rose on Sunday. And he lives forevermore. And he did it all. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, though he despised the shame because he could see beyond the cross to a redeemed humanity and people restored to the Father as image bearers forever. Friend, 
There's no resurrection unless there's a funeral. And there's no funeral unless there's a death. And death is the final enemy. But before we reach it physically, it comes to us spiritually. What is life? <laughs> what is resurrection life? Going to heaven? No, it's eternal life. It's now present possession. Jesus said, what is life eternal? This, Father, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What is eternal life? It's knowing God through his son, Jesus Christ. Not just knowing about him, but knowing him personally. And how do you get to know him? You follow him through the good days and the dark nights and the crucible. And you find out he is who he says he is. And to know him is life. And it's hard. Hard enough to trudge that valley yourself. But to have beloved ones do it. Doug's dad. Doug's pastored his dad. Way up in his 80s. And his dad saying in tears on the phone. Why doesn't the Lord let it happen to me? Why not me? What could possibly be worse following Jesus through Gethsemane? Following Jesus to the cross. What could possibly be worth taking up your cross? Here's what makes it worth it. This is what Paul said. He said in Philippians chapter 3, this is my desire because I know its value. That I may know him, the power of his resurrection. How do I know the power of his resurrection? Because I share with him his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death, death to self. That by any means possible, and that's not questioning whether it's going to happen, so that by any means I may truly attain the resurrection from the dead. Not just the resurrection from the physically dead, but resurrection from living death, which is not to know Christ. Paul said, I want to know him. And I so want to know his resurrected power in my life. Yes, I'll follow him through the fellowships of sufferings. I'm willing to live with the way he approached his death. What was it? Not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus was raised from the dead for the glory of God. He heals Every one of his children. Every child of God is healed. Ultimately. But God 
on the way to the ultimate healing of the new body and the new life, God gets glory often through healing. The physical bodies, the spiritual lives, the mental process of those that he loves, he heals. And we're calling on him to do that for Doug. God ordained this Gethsemane for Doug. Don't dare believe that Satan can do anything to one of God's children that God in his sovereignty does not permit. Because let me tell you what God is able to do. God is able to show the devil that he has children who will love him when everything is going wrong. And Satan can't understand it. Why? Because he can't understand the love of the Father and the power of that love. Doug knows that power. We want him to know fully that power. And we're praying that the power of God will come in healing upon him. We're going to pray for that now. And we're not going to pray. Listen to me, church, here, assembled, and you online. We're not going to pray these, now I lay me down to sleep, prayers. And we're not going to pray these poor blessing prayers. We're going to pray in the power of Jesus' name. Calling on God who is able to do abundantly above all we can ask or think. Exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. A God who raises people up even when some think this is it. And I stand here this morning 20 years later to bear witness. The doctors can tell your wife it's over. But it ain't over till God says it's over. Four days after doctor said that, I conducted a funeral and it wasn't mine. <laughs> God's able. He did it here several times. He's done it. Amen? Amen. We ask him to do it, Lord, again, for your glory. We welcome the healer. And I want you to listen to the song and join in as it's so powerful. As we go to prayer, I want you to enter into the spirit. After the song then, Al, our elder, is going to come and lead us and, and some others in a time of prayer. But let's now, in this season we're entering into this morning... Let's welcome the healer, right? Amen.